Today's program was brought to you by Whole Foods Market. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. Hi, I'm Grace Bonnie, and you're listening to After the Jump. We're coming to you live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And you can listen to us live every Monday afternoon at heritageradionetwork.com, or you can download the podcast at iTunes. I am very, very excited today because I have one of my favorite West Coast people in the whole world here. I am sitting with Meg Mateo Alasco. Thanks for being here, Meg. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so Meg is the author of about seven books now. Um, I know you as sort of one of the most talented working moms around. You have written That's books. That's really sweet. You had a stage stationary line you rep stationary at some point you've done everything I've done a lot of things so I want to back it up first and uh, introduce you to people and tell us how you got started at least in terms of being an artist oh wow that's kind of let's a long go back story. really far yeah away. that's a really long story <laughs> um you know I it's funny because up in a, up until about five or six years ago I thought I was on this you know quest for trying to find like the one thing that I needed to do um, and then I realized, you know, I started looking back at who I am and what I've been doing and that, you know, just probably ever since high school, I've always been doing a lot of different things. And I think that I just, that's just who I am. And I, you know, at five years ago, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to embrace this. I am just going to do, you know, whatever it is that like wherever my heart takes me basically, um, And so, you know, when I got started, really, was when I was in architecture school, actually. I was going to grad school for architecture. And I, I, like I said, I like doing many different things. I also had a business while I was going to grad school. Um, And I probably was the only one in in architecture grad school with with a business. um, And everyone thought I was crazy then. Um, but that was what, what made me happy. And what happened was that, you know, was kind of doing it, obviously, on the side. School was the main thing. Um, and while everybody else, um, like after that first year, decided to do an internship, I decided, you know what, I'm going to put an ad in Martha Stewart, you know. And I, it was like the tiniest little ad. And, you know, this was not, was, what year was this? About 2001. Um, there weren't very many other wedding invitation designers. And it literally blew up after this, like, tiny, tiny ad, you know, in the back, the marketplace. Power of Martha Marketplace. Exactly. I would, that, that's surprising to me. I always think, like, who actually reads all those things? But apparently people That's what read I them. thought, too. I mean, and, and at that time, too, I, I have to say that the wedding um, industry is far different than what it was, what it is now. Um, and I didn't really realize the power of it either. You know, I had, like, a couple thousand dollars in my bank account. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put this whole thing into this ad. And we'll see what happens. And, you know, that ad pretty much made, I had to decide right then and there, you know, whether I was going to go with, continue with school or do the business. And I decided to do the business. And literally right after I made that decision, I found out I was pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just some small news. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And I, at that point, you know, was literally growing a business and growing a child inside of me. (laughs) And, um you know, it was this thing, it was like both of the, both of them were like really big things happening. I was trying to figure out both of those things at the same time. And it was, it was like a, you know, big learning process. Well, I love that there, we're, we're going there because I really want to talk to you about being a working mom. 
I am not a working mom, but I have so many <laughs> friends who at this age are, and I feel like it's this essential struggle that I, it's the one area I can't help people with in, in any way. And it really kills me because I don't know what it's like to try to balance those two things. And I have no idea how you do it, but you have just written a book called Mom Inc., which is yes. what the fourth in the Inc. series. You've done Creative Inc., Craft Inc., Blog Inc., which will come out well, which next will be year. Coming, yeah. And, and Mom Inc., which is, just came out. Yeah. So that's a and huge part And actually, Blog of- Inc. is going to be authored by, by Joy Cho. Um, and then Mom Inc. is with, uh, co-authored with Kat uh, Cito. Um, but yeah, it is like Mom Inc. for me um, was a very personal thing, too. Um, it was really, you know, and all, I have to say all the books were very personal because, you know, I'm, I really feel like, you know, I want to help people figure out how to do this. Because really making you know, turning your passion into a business, it's really tough. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. And I learned that, I mean, with the wedding thing, like at that time too, there weren't any blogs. There weren't, there wasn't a whole lot of resources out there for you to tell you what to do. So really I learned sort of the hard way and I put all of that information into that book, Craft Inc. Um, And again, too, with now with mamas, like, you know, I've been a mom now for nine years. I have two kids. Um, and really pu- putting in sort of what I've learned in those experiences, and also in addition to Kat's experiences, um, she's a she's a mom of a two year old. Um, putting it in there and really trying to help you know women figure out well how do you do how do you do the motherhood thing and the business thing because I think you know sort of the modern day mo- motherhood is now about. Um, you know, how can I spend more time with my kid and also have this like fulfilling career? And sometimes that what that equation ends up being is it equals starting your own business, <laughs> because really, I mean, how can you spend more time with your with your child? And really having a business is the one thing that does allow you that flexibility. How do you think? I mean, you, you, so you have a co-author with this book. Kat yes. How do you think that you two approach that differently? Because of all the all the working moms I've met sort of have their own method for getting things done. Did you guys come to things with sort of being on the same page? Or do you think you have different approaches to how to make it work? You know, I think we both we have a similar we have a similar approach, I think, to making <laughs> it work. And, and really, there's no formula. It's just, you know, I think every day brings a new set of challenges. And you really just have to like, every day is like this prioritizing thing and, and as the day goes on it gets reprioritized because things start happening um like for example you know i'll be going along my day and then all of a sudden my daughter calls me and she doesn't feel well at school you know and i had like if, if i had meetings like lined up then i have to now move everything around and i think it's just you just have to be able to learn to adapt to your environment you know to, not to your environment but to what's happening to the circumstances um and i think that's what cat does too because you just you really can't predict certain things happening and literally too in business you can't really predict what's going on there either you know you you think that you know you were supposed to have something going down today you know maybe your supplier doesn't deliver it on time things happen and i think the ability to sort of roll with it if you can if you have that that is like the one well sort of like maybe the one thing that's really important to to be a mother in business. How do you think you teach that to people? I think that's something that comes inherently to you. I think you and I have that in common. That is, I think both of us are people who kind of like see a problem, hit it head on and just figure out a way to make it work. But right. I don't think everybody sort of has that built into them. How do you think that momming sort of helps people understand how to become more like that? I think, I mean, in terms of how mom Inc. is going to help and, and with that regard, I think it's sort of letting go of certain things. I, you know, learning, number one, learning how to say no to things. Um, and it does get hard because 
I, when you become a mom, there then becomes more things you have to say no to. There, you know, there's no, things to say no to in the business realm, like projects that aren't good for you. Um, and then uh, with your kids, you know, there's like a bunch of things you you know people want to sign you up for um you know well, I i'm like always getting asked to volunteer you know they go, you know people will be like oh i see you're really crafty at something or you know hey you know you must have a ton of time to do all yeah, of that like <laughs> why don't you know why don't you help us with the yearbook this year and <laughs> you know and and part of me feels like i should do these things god i really should do these things for my kids because they would love it but at the same time it's like you know what if i do that then i'm not spending time with them now Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, technically, I'm doing it for them. Like, I'm doing these things for their school. But I'm not even with them at this point doing it. Um, and so you do have to get into this phase where you are saying you have to say no to things. Um, the other thing is to sort of the, the letting go of the guilt. And, you know, I think once you start doing saying no and letting go of guilt, it then you can really get into that sort of make that making it work fit mode. Because those are the two things you have to do in order to get into that into that phase. And, and the guilt thing is 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 a really huge thing. Well, I think the guilt thing is such a huge hurdle because I'm, I'm glad you sort of you're saying make it work because I remember I've been reading all these interviews with working moms because it's something that I get asked about a lot these days and I, I don't know how to answer it. And <laughs> I, I read somewhere someone who was talking about that it's not about finding balance, that using the word balance was actually a really bad word because it sort of suggested yeah. that there was this perfect place you could find yeah, where yeah. everything was in balance, but it was instead yeah. about always just trying to kind of roll with it and it, in trusting your gut and feeling like I haven't spent enough time with my kids or I haven't spent enough time with my business. Exactly. And just constantly kind of riding that wave and right. figuring it out. And just for like listening to yourself. Yeah, right. there, there is no perfect balance right. place. And I think I think yeah, it's that, just, I, I would say it's like a balancing act more than it's yeah. balance. Yeah, but yeah, and I do. I have that feeling about the word balance too because it does imply that, you know, it's just like this thing of, you know, homeostasis where everyone, you know, it's like perfect equilibrium, everything's working, everyone's, you know, being satisfied in this equal way. And really that's that's just not happening. Especially especially if you're, you know, you have a business and you are a mom. It's just, you know, you're going to be pulled in like 50 million directions and you're just never going to feel that way. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, we're, we're both people who've been involved with blogs. And I, I think that blogs actually have paid, played a really interesting part in sort of putting out an image that maybe is not the most realistic one. Oh, and, I know. and I think that's just a part of people putting their best foot forward online. Oh, it's and, natural. And it's a natural thing and to I've, want to show your your best side exactly and you want to show like the three-tiered cake that you made for your child's birthday party and everyone assumes you must have time to do that all the time Mm -hmm. but no one ever shows the bad stuff and I mean how do you see that affecting sort of modern working moms because I don't think people necessarily had that sort of shoved in their face on a daily basis the way they do now I I definitely think it makes you know modern day motherhood harder I mean you do feel like especially if you're a creative person because then it's like oh well you're creative well clearly you're going to make your child's birthday a production you're you going to make ombre streamers <laughs> for every party right <laughs> um it, it does get hard i mean you do get that pressure you already get the pressure because when you talk to other moms they're you know they're telling you you know hey my kids in seven different activities what's your kid doing and you start to feel it already then and then you know you you get it and you know when you start to see a blog where they're like God, these ladies have it all together. Look at them. They, you know, their house is perfect. Their kids look so well behaved. And not only that, they look like they're straight out of a catalog, <laughs> you know? And it, it does make you start to feel like it's that feeling of inadequacy. Like, mm-hmm. how are they doing it, you know, and putting it online? Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got it all together. And I do think when you do look at these blogs, you do have to realize that this is just like a morsel of their life. Um, it is them putting their best foot forward they're you know sort of what's happening outside of the frame of this picture is probably chaos 
which is like you know which is what really what happens when you do photo shoots like outside of that frame is literally chaos <laughs> so true <laughs> yeah um and so you have to see it for you have to think about it with the, you know that those lens on you know what i mean i think that's where the importance of talking to people in person comes in mm-hmm. it's something that i think has been really important to me for the last few years is to meet with women and talk to them in person because you sort of like the blog mask falls off and yeah. you see how people really dress in real life how they really talk right. whether or not they actually look tired mm-hmm. and because you know people can take really great photographs of themselves to put on their blogs and look completely different and I think it's really important to meet those people in person and say oh I can completely relate to them they don't have like right. a glow around them at all I times I think people have to realize too that sometimes what's happening on blogs is this is a persona that mm-hmm. they're it, this is not their complete self exactly um, I mean how, yeah. how does that play into your life and the working moms that you know I mean are there meetup groups that you go to or do you have sort of friend groups that you rely on for that sort of one-on-one feedback? Um, I do have friends. I don't have meetups. It actually seems like it would be really good. Um, Well, like Kat and I, we actually started a book club together. And so we have that. Um, And that's not actually just, it's actually a mix of like women through, um, you know, there's like single women in there and unmarried. It's just like a big mix. And it's part book club and part, uh, um, sort of a women's group for, you know, for help us, you know, everyone's got like a different project and we talk about our projects um, and everyone's like in a different thing. Like not everyone's doing like, you know, something crafty and creative. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. We all get together. We talk about a book, <laughs> maybe like, like for a few minutes. Yeah. A few t- tiny minutes. If we actually even finish, like I never, I had, last book I didn't even really read. And, um, and then we talk about our projects and we talk about our life. And so that's, I think has been really like, that it's a pretty new thing, but it's really like a great thing for, you know, it's support. It's an important it's nice. outlet. What other outlets do you have that are, that are fun and non-work related? I feel like I never hear working moms talk about having hobbies or fun things. Oh and I, I hope that there what are I some. Have. I don't even think I have. <laughs> I, I think that means that that's a no. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> no hobbies. Well, that and I have like mom brain right now. I'm like, I can't remember what I did yesterday. So I'm like, what was I doing? Well, you do have another full-time job. We're going to talk about oh, that yeah. after the break. We're not, we're not quite there yet, but I do want to talk about anthology. Yeah. But in terms of the book, so tell us a little bit about, are you doing like a mini book tour? Mini book yeah. tour, yeah. Okay. We are going, it, we just had our book launch, um, which is in Emeryville in the Bay, in the Bay Area. And we're, I'm here today in New York. Um, and we're having a book event with a Q&A. And we're going to have one in LA in June, on June 22nd. What are some of the common questions you get asked? I'm dying to know what, what moms are asking you. And please tell me there are some like fun, embarrassing, weird questions. <laughs> well, we actually didn't have a Q&A at the last one. So it's actually going to be at this one. So I, you know, I haven't fielded any questions yet. But, you know, we do get like when I do see other, you know, moms who are trying, you know, start a business, we do get a lot of, you know, it's the same questions, which is really, I mean, like, how do you, how do you do it all? And, um, you know, for me, the, the, that question kind of, I don't really know how to answer that. It's like, you, you just do it. And I'm, I'm not, honestly, I'm not even sure I'm doing it really, really well. <laughs> but I'm just doing, I'm doing it. And yeah. I'm trying to do it to the best of my ability. Um, again, there, you know, it's sort of what you see on the outside, because mm-hmm. it looks like, you know, everything's, you know, if you look at, look at what's happening to me online or on Twitter or whatever, it's like, well, it looks like you've got it all under control. And it's, again, it's because I'm, you know, I'm not going to tell you like, you know, all, you know, like my kid's having a meltdown right now and yeah. things are going wrong here. You know, my, you know, last week, my InDesign file got corrupted. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you. I'm telling you right now, but, you know, <laughs> but coming out, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, things like that don't get shown. And, and I think it does get people start to 
start to ask you that, like, well, clearly, there's, you know, you have this formula for figuring everything out. Um, but there isn't. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what, what types of questions people ask yeah. us. Well, I'm hoping your book tour will spawn people or at least encourage people in the cities that you're visiting to start their own sort of in-person groups. I think that's where things mm-hmm. sort of get real and you realize the people that seem perfect online aren't, aren't perfect at all. Right. But in, in a good way, not yeah. that they're all secretly terrible people, <laughs> but that they're great people who don't always dress yeah, up. Yeah, I think you do. Like, it's so great to see sort of that authentic and honest side um, to people because it is hard to say it's hard to say those things online because you Mm -hmm. don't, you know, you don't know what response you're going to get. And I think, you know, and everything's so pretty online right now. Like you, why, like nobody wants to dirty it up, you know, I think it needs to be dirtied up. I think we're, I think we're all getting that itchy feeling of like people need to be more real. We have to take a break in a second, but when we come back, I want to talk about anthology and I want to talk really quickly about um, easy from creature comforts. I'm afraid to tell you series of people keeping it real by talking Uh online. So we're going to take a break and when we come back, we will talk about anthology. and sustainable seafood at Whole Foods Market. On April 22nd, Earth Day 2012, we'll be eliminating all red-rated species of wild-caught fish and seafood from our stores across the country. It's our way of supporting our oceans and helping to reverse trends in overfishing. Learn more at blueoceaninstitute.org and wholefoodsmarket.com. Welcome back. You're listening to After the Jump. I'm your host, Grace Bonney, and today I'm speaking with Meg Mateo Alasco, author, artist, working mom extraordinaire. <laughs> and before the break, we were talking about being a working mom, and you have so many irons in the fire right now. And one of my favorite irons is Anthology Magazine, and you are the creative director. So tell us a little bit about that. I'm, I'm just always so fascinated by people's choices to go back into print in a time when it's so difficult to make print work. Right. Yeah, and it's funny because when um, we thought about starting this magazine, uh, when we were telling people that we were starting a magazine, I, in, in our minds, we, it was obvious. You know, when we say magazine, we meant print. We, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't really. We didn't think we had to like preface it and say like you know, print magazine. Um, but apparently, we did have to do that because everyone that we told, uh, I think they they assumed that we were talking about it, it being an a online, yeah. Yeah, an online magazine. Um, because clearly at that point, and this was at the end of 2009, um, you know, there were so many magazines folding. It's, it, I could see why. And people were thinking that we were crazy when we were like clarifying, like, no, actually, we meant print. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, for us, it's like, well, you know, yes, it's crazy. But, it, you know, that's the whole point. Um, if people did things for sort of purely calculated reasons, um you know, the world would be a really boring place. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And so I think for us, that gave us a lot of motivation. You know, like, you know what, we're kind of going against the grain here. And we're, we feel like we had this challenge to rise up to. And I think that gave us a lot of motivation um, for starting it. So tell me about the startup process. I think a lot of people have no idea how difficult it is to actually do something in print. It's so different than online. I mean, 
sounds a little obvious now saying that out loud, but yeah. I, until we did the newspaper, I had no idea how difficult no, it was huh? to actually do the print yeah. process. So tell me a little bit about like how you found the team, the contributors, how did all of that come together? Let's see. Um, you know, when we started, we really like, you know, I have both Onman and I have like a background in publishing and it's, I mean, it's not the, not the most robust background here. Like I, my background was in, uh, you know, I have done book design. I've written books. That's it. Um, <laughs> Onman writes a column for the newspaper, uh, for you know, the San Francisco Chronicle. And that, that's basically what we had to run with. And, you know, we met with um, this other woman who had started an independent magazine and we kind of got some advice from her. But we didn't really, like, we didn't walk away with anything solid either because it just sounded like, you know what, do your research and figure it out, and, which is what we ended up doing. We did our research and we ended up figuring everything out. Um, the good thing is, too, that we, you know, bef- prior to getting into it, we did have a lot of connections. We, Anmin knew a lot of writers. I knew a lot of photographers I had worked with a lot of photographers on other projects and those photographers came on board right away with the magazine um but it was hard getting other contributors like right off the bat um because we didn't have anything to show them Mm -hmm. um we didn't and and we have to say like you know some there were some photographers that did turn us down and stylists and things because it's like you know you can't say like yeah this thing we're making this thing it's gonna be awesome um you know, it, people need to see it to, you know, to see that it is. And so, you know, sort of with the limited, re- and I kind of like working with limited resources because it really makes you, you know, when you're scrappy, you make things happen. Exactly. Um, and, and that's what we did. We said, okay, well, these are, this, these are the resources we have. Um, let's, let's, let's go with it. And, you know, thankfully we were working with a lot of talented people. You yeah. definitely are. So in, in terms of how you're publishing quarterly now, right? Quarterly. Or tell us a little bit about, I mean, I guess what the printing process is like, but also want to know about, well, let's wait, actually just back up a little bit. I want to know what the mission statement of anthology is, because I think that you guys actually have a very interesting aesthetic and voice that a lot of, whether they're online or print magazines, don't have right now. And I think that's what set you, sets you guys apart. So you're, clearly it's a lifestyle sort of home right. publication, but what do you think makes anthology different? Well, you know, when we when we came together for this magazine, you know, we we did have to ask ourselves, like, well, why are we doing this? And I think anyone who starts anything should ask themselves, why, why, why you? I think most people don't do that yeah. before they start projects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, yeah, and so that's what we did because we're like, okay, who are we? We're we're Megan Onman, and why does anyone need to see our magazine? Um, so we thought about that. We're like, okay, well, what can we do? What how, what can we do? that hasn't been done before, that hasn't been previously done or isn't being currently done, how can we bring a new experience to um, interior, an interiors magazine? So I remember in that, one of our first meetings when we got together, I said, you know, I think we said, well, let's bring together, why don't we just talk about every magazine that we, you know, bring together samples and talk about every magazine, whether or not it relates to interiors. Let's bring it all together and let's see what we got here, what what we like, what we don't like. And, you know, we obviously brought things like Domino, mm-hmm. you know, which we loved for, you know, there's like a visual and style inspiration. We also brought things like Vanity Fair and new york magazine which we loved for the stories and so what we ended up you know what it dawned what dawned on us at that point was like why don't we merge these two experiences why don't we bring something with you know for visual inspiration and merge it with something with stories um because we love stories you know men and i are like we you know we talk about this all the time we're like we're so curious so we always ask a lot of questions maybe too many questions sometimes <laughs> and make that let's put together that experience Let's have, and so that's where anthology came about. The name as well is that we wanted this to be a collection 
of, of stories about culture, interiors, lifestyle, travel. Um, that, that's what I love so much about the magazine is I think storytelling is, is really sort of missing from design right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that most people don't want to read long stories or so. And I mean, I'm one of the reasons why people, people want these really short snippets of like right. a picture, a little bit of information, and then it's done. And that's mm-hmm. how I talk. And that's fine. But I also, well, I also, maybe what's happening. In, I mean, with a blog, it's yeah. different. the way that people digest um, online media. Exactly. But I, mean, I want to read yeah. something. Yeah. In the magazine. I want to know the people. <laughs> yeah. I want to know interesting things. And I think that's missing from a lot of magazines. And mm-hmm. I think that was what struck me from the first time I read anthology was like, there's substance here. There's, I'm getting to know the people behind really, something, yeah. not mm-hmm. just like the cute shirt she's wearing. I'm right. also knowing about this person's background. Yeah. And again, and, that's definitely why we, we didn't want it to be, I mean, there, there's plenty of magazines and they do this really well where they're like, here's this look, this is how to steal a look. Um, and we didn't really, really want people to do that. We wanted people to learn about other people and maybe make a connection there and say, well, you know, hey, I'm doing that too. Or, hey, I grew up that way as well. And may, or even see a connection in that in the interiors or like sort of the reasoning behind the way that they're doing the interiors and really make do something for themselves on their own. Just sort of take that that take that story as sort of just like you know a jumping point onto something for for something from themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the printing. I'm really fascinated by like the printing <laughs> and dis- distribution process for things like this because it's if for anybody who's never worked on a print project, it's mm-hmm. so hard to do things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys you sell directly anthology, but you right. also are selling through stores. How did you set that up and how did you decide like what would be the best and most authentic way to get anthology out there? I think for you know when we started um, we were very well aware, like why other magazines were were falling, and it was because it, you know, they, it was an advertising based venture, and for us, we we didn't really want to get into that. We said, you know, this is going to be a reader based thing. You know, the money that we get for the magazine, it's going to pay for the publication, it's going to pay for the talent that goes into it. And it, which is something you don't, that's why, you know, you, you don't see that in like sort of these like larger magazines. I mean, yeah. that's why their subscriptions are so cheap. The advertising is basically paying for everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't want that to happen. Um, so, you know, in terms of what, how this was going to affect distribution and everything, obviously uh, the reason why like the, the advertising based magazines have such a wide, they cast a really wide net in order to get the advertising. And so for us, like, we're like, we don't need to do that. We don't need to cast that wide net. What we really want to do is really, like, maintain, like, a, like a loyal reader base. And for us, and, and it's just to kind of keep it also, like, we really love independent stores and independent bookstores, and we really want to put, that's where we want the magazine to be. And we felt like that was much more, like, in line with who we are, in line with our brand. Um, so and that's what we're continuing to do now. We don't really feel like we really need to cast that wide net yet. It, you know, maybe at some point we will, but right now it's, we like, we like how small it is and we, you know, we like, you know, selling directly to people. Exactly. Well, yeah. I think you guys have sort of, I don't think merchandising is the right word for that, mm-hmm. but I think that you've, you've really sort of integrated the magazine into places that make sense for somebody to spend money like that on a publication, mm-hmm. because I think people are, are, are frankly kind of spoiled right now by blogs that are all free nobody right. pays for anything yeah and so when you have to sit down and buy a book or buy a magazine i think people forget why you're paying what you have to pay and i think something like that people you, do yeah they, do they forget. completely forget yeah. or they just go off the walls and complain about like you want me to spend 15 dollars mm-hmm. on this and if you broke it down and realized how little 15 dollars actually contributes towards like right. the entire funding of a publication well, plus, i mean i think if you you've been used to buying magazines from these l- larger publishing houses you know 
it's like $15 for a year. And then all of a sudden you're paying here like $12 for exactly. one issue. Or I if think. it's it's the result of a print run, that's that's huge. And right. just the other day I was in a Barnes and Noble and I was buying, I hadn't bought a copy of Monocle in forever. Mm-hmm. And I think it was $12. And I was shocked because that sucker was like an inch and a half <laughs> tall. And I just kept thinking, how is this, you know, how is this $12 in like Kinfolk, which is like, you know, much thinner is like $20. And then I was trying to think, well, everything is done independently and done right. entirely on its own. And that makes a big difference. And so I, I yeah, like, and you have to look at like, also like, you know, the quality of the paper that goes into exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that's why you guys and, and a lot of other sort of print magazines are thinking about integrating their publications into places that you wouldn't normally find them, like not just bookstores and magazine mm-hmm. stores, but home stores and lifestyle shops where sort of like-minded people aren't afraid to spend a little bit more money right. on a print publication. So yeah, I, th- I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and and I think for us too, we, you know, uh, in terms of distribution, you were asking about that a lot. Thankfully, a lot of people have just sort of been coming to us. We we're you know we're such a small. It's just on men and I, essentially, <laughs> and then we have like you know a small staff of other four people who don't even do it for us full time, um, or don't work for us full time, and you know. Thankfully, there have been a lot of people who have learned about the magazine and have come to us and have now and carry the magazine, and we're really happy. So we actually haven't done a whole lot, sort of in distribution outreach. Outreach, yeah. yeah. But that's but that really speaks to the strength of the publication. I think you guys are popping up in different places because people are interested and in seeking out the magazine and putting it right. in their store. You don't really have to do a lot of legwork. The funny thing too, because one of um, and sort of the largest store that carries our magazine is Anthropology. Um, and the funny thing about that is, I mean, they ended, they came to us as well. And I remember when we when we started the magazine, you know, I think Onmin was asking me, like, well, you know, if if this were to be in sort of a larger store, which store do you think it should be? And this is like literally like our first meeting. And I said, you know what? If if Anthropology carried magazines and they didn't at the time, I said, you know what? I think this would fit in their store. And then we kind of laughed because they're like, they're not going to pick it up <laughs> because we just, you know, they just like we just didn't imagine them like mm-hmm. carrying a magazine. And so we kind of like tucked that idea behind. And then like they called us like, I think after the first issue. So we thought it was funny that they came, you know, like, wow, they really, they're really going to pick up a magazine. That's really great. And now they have like a whole bunch. And now they can barely keep it in stock. I was, in, yeah. when I was in Portland last summer, I remember I went to, um, I was in some store on, on William Street and I asked, there was one copy of Anthology in there and I was going to pick it up and the store owner was like, wait, 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 can you just not get that one yet? Because <laughs> I knew her and she was like, I can just give you like my copy. She was like, I don't want to get it out because I don't have any more copies left. Oh. And it made me so happy and I was just like, you know, high-fiving ah. you virtually for how well that's done. And she was like, we can't keep these in stock. Like it's just going because there are so few magazines of substance right now so that kind of gets me to to my next question is where do you really see like design and lifestyle and print going because I feel like there was a period last year where everyone and their brother and sister started a print magazine and then it all kind of disappeared (laughs) and there are a couple of you that are still around that are doing really well where do you think that design is going to live on in print or will it I think it's going to continue to live in print. I mean, we have this. This is the reason why we started it. Um, and in terms of design, living. I mean, for us, the way that we portray design is a little bit different than some how some other lifestyle magazines um, do it. Um, we, you know, we what we're trying to do is we're trying to really portray people sort of how you know how they live, um, and like we don't truck in props at all. You know, and I think it's, it gets hard too because we work with stylists who do normally do that, and and so they get a little confused. They're like, "Wait, what?" Like, and we also we, we t- tell them too, like if 
let's say for flowers like that's like maybe the one thing where Mm -hmm. flowers and fruit you know like yes you can bring that (laughs) flowers and fruit (laughs) fruit and foliage you can bring that (laughs) um but i I tell them too like if the owner don't don't like it don't put it in because we really like people get really particular about flowers like they you know there's some things they like and then don't like so we do want to keep it authentic in in that sense you know we've also done things where you know what it take pictures of things that are broken it's okay um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which it's it, okay it happens <laughs> yeah um i remember in i think it was like our, our second issue we had this picture of a of a sink and you know the, the faucet was broken and I, you know we said no we're gonna run that pic- because that's that's really how their their house is um and you know so there's a sort of this comfort level that we need to get from the homeowners too because they're like you know because they want to show their best they don't want to show a broken faucet sometimes and and some people are like on board with that and some you know people are like no please please don't show that because it's like you know um so we do we do accommodate you know we you know to you know the people that we're telling the story about but at the same time we are trying to show sort of the realness of it as well as best we can i love that that's that's why i love you (laughs) i think you've been keeping it real as long as i've known you and i think you do that you do that in every single one of your projects and we have to wrap it up for today so i'm so sad to say goodbye but i'm so happy about mom inc and anyone listening whether you're a working mom or you hope to be a working mom one day it's a must buy all of your ink series are a must buy and um, as well as anthology so thank you for making things seem more relatable and you know more real I think that's really important in this industry and I think you've been someone who's been a very very big supporter and celebrator of having real things be creative and inspiring and you do that really really well thanks Grace so we'll see you later thanks for listening and you can visit anthologymag.com that's right anthologymag.com and you can pick up mom inc in bookstores everywhere thanks for talking to us Meg thank you Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.